This is episode 346 of the Photo Biz Exposed podcast, and today we're talking personal brand photography with New York-based photographer John D'Amato, who is making a living in this genre, and making a living by shooting in this genre, not selling courses to other photographers who want to be working in this space. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. It's coming out to you a day later than usual which you will know if you're listening to the podcast episodes as they are released. And it's because I've spent the last week in Adelaide to go and see the Tour Down Under, which is Australia's, I guess, answer to the Tour de France. To put it in layman's terms, it's a week-long stage race in South Australia. I headed down there with about 20 cycling friends, and there were thousands of other cyclists down there riding around Adelaide and the hills in the local area. I had a fantastic time. I was in transit yesterday and there was no chance to get the episode released. I rode about 750 kilometers in the last week, all for fun. I did a couple of races as well and won one, one of the races on Monday night, which was uh, pretty exciting for me. So all in all, it's been a fantastic week away. I am very, very tired now, (laughs) but I want to get this podcast out to you today with John DeMarto. I know you're going to love what he has to share. Whether or not you're shooting branding or personal brand photography, I know you'll get a ton from what he has to share in regards to the way he's built his business and the way he's marketing it to his ideal clients. That's coming up in just a minute. Just quickly before I move on from the subject of Adelaide and my week there, a big shout out to Lawrence, David, Simon and Lewis, all local Adelaide photographers who made the trip into town to catch up for a couple of beers last Thursday. It was great to catch up with you guys. I had a ball chatting to you. I could have recorded a separate podcast interview with each of you and even our chat would have made a great episode in itself. But unfortunately, it was just too noisy to record in that uh, in that beer garden with the kind of equipment that I had available to me at the time. So, yeah, great to catch up with you guys. I'm looking forward to catching up again next year if you are around. In addition to my week away, I have been working as well on the business. What I've actually done recently is signed up for a video course. I know how important, I'm sure you do too, how important video is today when it comes to marketing And I'm pretty happy recording a podcast where (laughs) there's no video playing. I've become comfortable hearing my own voice. I've become comfortable talking on or with the microphone and talking to you. This, This all comes pretty easy now. But bringing out a camera, a video camera and recording myself, I do have to push myself to do it. I do it, but I don't love it. And I always come up with excuses of why. I I won't record today or I'll put it off till tomorrow, whether that's because I'm unshaven, the, the background's not great, the lighting's not great, I don't have my microphone with me, I don't have enough time. I can always come up with an excuse of why I won't record the video right then and there, even though I know how important it is to my business. Anyway, I came across this course that got me intrigued. I signed up for it and there were a few reasons I signed up for this one. One, because... 
I am a little bit risk averse and it was only 20 US dollars to sign up for it. So I thought, okay, that's not a big investment. I can, I can do that. I can, I can give this a try because one thing I hate doing is spending a lot of money on a course and then not having the time to do it or not actually doing the course, not implementing what I learn. And that really hurts me when I've paid a lot of money for the course. I'm sure you've been in the same position as well. So $20, it's a small investment. I can do this. And if I don't follow through well, it's only $20. It's no big deal. But what I also loved about the course, I was told the lessons were going to be very short and achievable. And that's true. They've all been under five minutes. So they're around five, five to six minutes. So around five to six minutes. I don't think I've seen a lesson longer than six minutes yet. Most of them are around four to five minutes. There's also a daily challenge where I have to record a video every single day except for the weekends, but these videos are only under two minutes and we're given a prompt by the course presenter, Neve, on what we're meant to be covering in that two minutes or less video recording using the lessons that we picked up from the latest course content. This is the part that I really love. I wanted to get into the habit of recording a video every single day, even though it was nice and short. And those videos, they get posted into a secret Facebook group, which again, if you're familiar with the PhotoBizX Facebook group, it's a, it's a secret group. You can't even see it unless you are a premium member and you have access that way. So it's totally safe. No one can see those videos, just like with a PhotoBizX members Facebook group. No one can see who posts in there. No one can see what they're posting. You can't search for it. It's totally hidden from, from Google. It's the same with this video training course group. It's a, it's a secret group. Only other course participants see the videos. So what happens is I record a daily video using the prompt and the lesson from that day. I post it into the group under that day's lesson. And then I have to go in and comment and give constructive feedback if it's asked for on three other students' videos. I get the same in return. And that has been fantastic. It's such a nice way to give feedback and receive feedback. I'm already starting to see some improvements. I know I'm already looking forward to recording each of these videos each day. It's not a scary thought anymore. I'm not sure if it's because of the under two minutes time factor or the fact that it's only going into this secret group. But I've been trying some different things as well. And and I haven't been scared to go in there and, and like I said, try things. Uh, I've recorded videos, you know, about to head out for a ride in Adelaide. So I'm wearing my bicycle helmet, my my Lycra, and uh, I've recorded then and there because that's when I had that two minutes spare to record. Uh, I've recorded unshaven. I'd like to say with my hair messy, but that (laughs) that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, So yeah, it's been really, really good so far. It's a four-week course, so I'm looking forward to having that habit built up. Uh, over the next three weeks and then continuing on and and releasing content for myself and for my businesses utilizing video you know potentially keeping them under two minutes as well because it's amazing how much you can fit into a two-minute video if you've got a single message or a simple a single point that you want to get across anyway if you want to check it out it's actually closed at the moment but if you want to get on the wait list and check out this same course i can highly recommend this particularly if you want to introduce video and you've been afraid to, or you don't like the idea of recording video, you don't know where to start, I can highly, highly recommend this one. Uh, I've got a link. I've made an easy link here to to go and find it. Photobizx.com forward slash ignite. It's I-G-N-I-T-E. Photobizx.com forward slash ignite. The course is currently closed, but you can go onto a wait list. I I expect Neve opens this every month or so. But uh, yeah, absolutely 
so worth the, the small investment of uh, $20. Definitely check it out if video is something you want to introduce to do more of or get better at for your marketing. photobizx.com forward slash ignite. And I've got links in the show notes as well if you want to find it that way. And now, a macro look at our last episode. In last week's episode, I interviewed Arek Rangechuk, and it has been one of the most well-received interviews I've ever recorded. And on the topic of third-party marketing, the best, because the, the comments and the questions being fired at Arek inside the members' Facebook group have been nonstop over the last week. He has been an absolute gem. He's come back and answered any and every question from members. Some I thought, whoa, that's that's asking a lot for Arik to share. And he has been so generous with his knowledge, his time, and what he's come back to each of the members' questions with. Just overly, overly generous. And to me, that is a sign of someone who has a business, who has a marketing plan that is working so, so well. He's 100% confident in what he's doing the leads he's generating, the sales he's making, the shoots that he's carrying out for his ideal clients, it all is working together like a well-oiled machine. And Arik is, is, yeah, just, he's done an amazing job putting this together and, and for coming on and sharing what he did. What an absolute legend. So Arik, massive thanks to you again. I know you're a premium member, a listener, and you get a lot from the podcast, but just want to say thanks again for coming on and sharing what you did because I know listeners have got an absolute ton from what you had to share. And as you can guess, I'm encouraging you to go back and have a listen to RX episode, his interview, if you haven't heard it yet, particularly if you're interested in utilizing third-party marketing and you have a high-end photography business or studio and you're looking for high-end consistent clients. What he's doing is unique and it's working fantastically well. Go and check it out, last week's episode, 345, with Arik Rangechuk. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. We are just about to jump into this interview with John D'Amato. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast, which is absolutely fine. You'll get a ton from what John has to share in your version of this interview. But I want to give you a heads up. If you aren't aware, I do save a portion of the second half of the interview for premium members only. And it's usually in that part of the interview where we dive deeper into the particular strategies that John's using to generate the sales he is. We might go into his pricing in detail, his marketing and advertising. We go deeper into the topics that I uncover in the first half of the interview. And that's really the how-to section of each interview. That's where I dive deep and get the nitty-gritty on exactly what the guest is doing to get the results they are so that premium members can go away and implement that into their business. So if you'd like to hear the full interview with John today, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. And on that page, you'll find a $1 premium trial membership sign-up form. You can sign up there for a dollar. It'll give you 30 days access to the premium membership. So you can hear the full interview today with John, plus you'll get access to the full back catalog. So you get to hear the full interview with people like Arek from last week and over 340 other guests. I'll invite you to the premium members Facebook group, which will blow you away with the support you'll get inside that group. And I'll also help you get started in your very own mastermind group. It's all part of that premium membership trial. Obviously, I'd love you to stick around for a lot longer than one month. 
And the idea is you get a feel for what it's all about in that month trial. And I think you'll see, just like so many other photographers, the membership truly is invaluable if you want to grow your photography business faster and you'll stick around for longer. Go and check it out, photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest describes himself as a lifestyle photographer and storytelling strategist. As a former TV producer, he has over 19 years of production experience and he's been featured as a lifestyle photography expert on NBC Universal daytime talk and reality shows. He predominantly works with business owners to produce branded lifestyle portraits and other image content, and his aim for his clients is to present them as superheroes, but still keep them relatable at the same time. And in addition to the photography side, he works with his clients by educating them on how to leverage their photos for their websites, social media, bios, publications, presentations, and advertisements. I'm talking about New York-based photographer, John D'Amato, and I'm wrapped to have him here with us now. John, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. After that wonderful intro, I don't know where we're going to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can start by telling us how you went from TV producer to photographer. Sure. Uh, a lot of stress, resentment, anger, and being pissed off most of the time. That's pretty much what inspired me to get the hell out of TV. <laughs> well, I mean, were you already shooting then? Actually, I started taking photography a little bit more seriously, probably around, I was probably about four years into my television career. And we did a story on headshot photographer Peter Hurley. He was a guest expert on the show taking portraits of these teenagers who had some makeovers. And when we went to the studio in Manhattan, I was just blown away. First of all, by his camera, he was shooting Hasselblad at the time. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is, but that looks amazing. <laughs> and... And the photos that he was shooting were so vivid and bright. And I'm talking about the expression. I mean, the colors and everything were fantastic as well. Obviously, it's a Hasselblad. But the fact that he drew out such amazing expressions out of these people, it hooked me. And at the time, I was just, you know, fooling around with a camera, just taking pictures of my coworkers and walking around New York City, taking street photos. And I'm like, can I show you some of my work? And maybe you could tell me if I'm any good. <laughs> and that kind of sparked it. And then around 2012 is when I started to take it a little more seriously. That's when he started the PH2 Pro thing that he was doing before it became the now headshot crew and i got into headshots and i found it really compelling and interesting and that's what really sparked the whole thing well so was that your then your first foray into professional photography getting paid for what you do was it headshots Yes. And specifically studio headshots. And by studio, Andrew, I'm talking about my living room in Astoria, Queens. And to this day is still technically my studio. <laughs> but I don't really shoot too much in the apartment anymore. But that is where I started to get paid. Yes. And then it was 2014 is when I quit my television job. And I um, was kind of just trying to figure out what I was going to do. Next thing you know, I'm like, you know what? I like this headshot thing. Let me do that. Wow. And that's what started the business of the model productions was headshots. So you hadn't replaced your TV producing income with headshots before you left the TV job. 
No, I jumped out a window, had no safety net other than what I had saved. I mean, you know, I had some money to fall back on, fortunately, but I had no education whatsoever on how to run a business. And I'm still learning how to run a business as we speak. But, (laughs) you know, as far as the initial leap, no, I had no idea what I was doing at all. Okay. Well, can you talk me through and share what happened that first year or two, just briefly, how did you go from nothing to generating headshot bookings and making an income? Well, what essentially happened is I didn't make much money on the headshots. I made a little bit of money, but what I was doing is hedging my bets by still offering video production services because at the end of the day, you know, I've been doing producing for a long time. And what that entails is the work behind the camera as well as writing as well as directing, in addition to editing. So I was really kind of doing more of that during that time. And it was also during that first year or so where I was also fooling around with other things, like working with different types of entrepreneurs with different types of promo videos. So it was really all over the place. And again, I was just kind of scrapping together whatever I could to make it work. And it was during that time that I started to get myself out into the world a little bit more and go to networking events and starting to meet solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. Because up until that point, I had no idea what the hell any of that was because there was no need for me to ever know about it because I was always working in broadcast television. So there was no need for me to extend beyond that reach. But once I did, that's when... I started to talk to people and kind of gravitate towards different type of industries and and what these people are doing and kind of starting to get the groundwork for hearing the different types of pain points that the people that I ultimately would serve exclusively happen during that time. Right. So from there, did you actually classify yourself or describe yourself as a headshot photographer or did you go from there to you know personal branding or lifestyle photographer you know it's funny you bring that up andrew because for about the first two to two and a half years i had difficulty classifying myself because what i would do is when i would meet someone say at a networking event or through a colleague of mine a friend And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a video producer and I shoot photos on the side. And that's what I said for years. It took me about, like I said, around two and a half years to finally say I'm a photographer. And at that time, I didn't classify myself as a headshot photographer because by that point, I had then expanded to event work. And by event work, I mean networking events and well, also private parties. And I've done my fair share of bar mitzvahs and sweet 16s. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and grew to hate that. And then ultimately, it finally took me a couple more months, probably more towards between my third and fourth year of business, where I ran into a personal branding expert at an event who really enjoyed my photos. We started a conversation, developed a relationship. Next thing I know, six months later, I'm getting a phone call. Hey, John, I am putting a book out about branding. I have no social media. My publisher is pissed at me. We need to start putting stuff out there. And that's when she turns to me and says, well, I like the way you shoot stuff. So what can you do for me? And that was where 
the branded lifestyle portrait niche that I've created was born basically from that conversation and from that very first shoot back in 2016. Wow. Okay. I'm going to come back to around that period, but if someone asked you today, you run into someone at a networking event and they say, John, what do you do? What's your answer today? Oh, I'm a branded lifestyle portrait photographer and I'll light you up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) If you let me. (laughs) So what about the term personal branding photographer? So that's something I and my listeners hear. We hear that term a lot. Is that something that's familiar to you or that you hear in your market? That's funny you bring that up, Andrew. I just had a conversation about this very term and wrote a blog about it. Actually, I hear it all the time. And it is something that I shoot. But one of the issues that I have with that phrase, it's kind of bastardized at this point by our industry, by our community of photographers. I feel that that phrase is heavily loaded and comes with a lot of elements to it. And I see a lot of photographers, specifically headshot photographers, leverage that phrase. And I feel that it's mislabeled when a headshot photographer uses it. Because when I think of personal branding, I don't think of the one big shot because it's impossible to encapsulate a business owner's entire business personality, sensibilities, and how they serve others with one image. I do believe that headshots are absolutely important because at the heart of it, that is one of the foundational pieces of my work. But when it comes to the way that people present themselves, I feel that it's a bit far-fetched to classify yourself as a personal branding photographer if you're simply shooting headshots. Now, I know that a ton of people will disagree with me, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think of a headshot as a personal brand photo. It can be part of that portfolio, but I don't think it's a, like you said, it's not one image. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It is a piece of a much larger pie. And I feel that especially with the people that I serve, I serve speakers who are also authors and facilitators, as well as other expert-based business owners. A lot of these people come into the game, into this business, kind of similar to the way that I did, where they don't know what the hell they're doing, and they're just kind of figuring things out. And when they come across someone who presents themselves in a way that says, yeah, your whole personal brand will be encapsulated in this one image, I have a problem with that because the work that I do is extremely extensive and it's very detailed and it has a lot of layers and nuances to it. And I barely call it personal branding photography because, you know, I use branded lifestyle portraits for a very specific reason because, you know, the way that I break down my services are branded portraits, which would represent headshots and looking into the camera type portraits, and then the lifestyle portrait component of it, which are the day-to-day activities captured very candidly, whether they're working on technology or with a person or in front of the room. So for me, you know, that phrase has a very powerful meaning, and I feel that it should be properly leveraged by those who are practitioners behind the camera. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, when you start talking to a potential client, whether you've been referred to them or they've sought you out, what term are they using when they describe the kind of photography? They're a mess. They're a mess. And I'm really happy that you brought that point up because one of the things that I really seek to change about the way that the community that I serve understands and sees the value of what photographers who serve that community do is by 
putting into the vernacular the phrase branded lifestyle portraits or at the very least lifestyle photography because what a lot of my clients do and it drives me insane i just had a client last week who did this and i have to yell at her about her facebook uh she put up a facebook post with all the images and she labeled it 2020 headshots drove me mental (laughs) (laughs) but that's what we're up against as photographers when you're working within a certain niche it is essentially up to you as the expert as the authority in your space to educate those that you serve in a way that lets them know that hey This is not called that. This is, in fact, called this. Here's why, and here's why this information is valuable to you. So that's why I am constantly peppering my audience with content that consistently leverages the phrase branded lifestyle portraits and lifestyle photography and branded photos, things of that nature. Because it takes time. It takes time to create that kind of change and I know that I'm up against it. You mentioned there your audience. Who do you see as your audience? The speakers, authors, expert-based business owners, essentially the people who are looking to promote their keynote work, their stage work, their facilitation work, and they have multiple revenue streams with different, they have books. So they need to promote all of these different revenue generating vehicles and some of them are slightly nuanced than others and as a result it's up to me to kind of strategize with them the best types of branded photos and lifestyle photos that work to visually punctuate the sentiments of every single story that they want to tell Mm -hmm. you know and in some cases those stories are joyful in some cases they're vulnerable But at the end of the day, the key for me is to provide them with a wide emotional spectrum of images for their image content portfolios that they leverage across all of their channels. Right. Okay. I want to get into what you actually supply, but when the phone rings or you you get an email inquiry from a potential client about a shoot, are you dealing generally with the speaker or do they have a PR agent? Do they have a stylist? Who are you working with? Generally speaking, the first point of contact is the speaker, him or herself. And in most cases, they come to me by referral. Very, very, very rarely do they find me on Google. It's usually, especially at the level at which I seek to uh, the type of client that I would like to work with, that I work with best. Those types of folks have a team. So for some clients, the first point of contact will be the speaker, but then subsequent conversations will be with their team in some shape or form. Okay. Did you try and initiate a phone call if the inquiry comes by email? Like, what do you want to do first? How do they progress through your, I guess, your system to take them from inquiry to shoot? It's really about me gauging the temperature of where they are in their decision-making process. Are they seeking awareness? Are they ready to make a decision? You know, is it down to me and some other people? Or are they just looking to get to know me and kind of, you know, get within the nurturing funnel that I have with all my content? But ideally, what I would like to do is always get them on the phone. 
because I cannot literally stop talking about this stuff. So, <laughs> and I don't use any kind of kitschy or interesting or, you know, subversive sales tactics or scarcity mindset. I'm just talking to them about their situation and how I can help. It's really that simple. Okay. So let's say you have me on the phone. I'm a keynote speaker. And let's say I've got a book coming out and my agent said, you need to get some social media happening. How does that conversation go? Do we start planning the shoot? Do we talk about styling and where locations? What happens? The first question that I have is, what are you trying to do with these photos? Because I know they may have a book coming out, but what I really want to get to is where are they trying to go with this book? Because a book is never usually the final destination. It's simply a piece of the pie for them to progress in other areas of their business. Maybe they want to get on stages. Maybe they want more media hits. Maybe they want to indirectly promote their mastermind group or their community or whatever the case is. They are all so different, but similar at the same time. It's important for me to just kind of figure out who they are and where they want to go as of today. And then the initial conversation progresses where I talk a little bit about their style and, you know, a little bit more in detail about their business model and that kind of thing. I don't initially hit them over the head with any kind of pitch or anything in the first call, unless if they say, I need photos next week, what do we need to do? And then that's when we talk about scheduling a pre-session strategy call. I do not shoot any person in front of my camera unless if I talk to them with a, uh, I have a prescribed about 30 or so questions that I ask every branded lifestyle portrait client before they step in front of the camera, because I want to learn the wrinkles and the nuances of what makes them them. And the only way to do that. So I basically tap it to my TV producer brain. And that's literally where this questionnaire came from. It came from doing thousands of interviews over the course of, you know, 10, 12 years. And what I've done is created questions in a way that'll elicit the kind of responses that'll kind of give me a sense of their personality, their style in front of their clients, what kind of uh, books they read that inspire their thought leadership, their process with their clients. What does working with a client look like? What does brainstorming an idea look like? What are their hobbies? Are they a family person? All of these different things will then clue me in into the types of outfits they need to wear, the locations that we shoot, the types of personality looks that we're going for with through their expression and body language. And then from there, that's when it's all locked in. Okay. So I'm guessing that when they come to your website, even if they've come via referral, that they're probably on your pricing page. And I can see you've got packages there from $2,500 up to $5,500. There's three packages. Is the middle one the most popular one, the $3,500 package? Yeah, it is. It is by design too. Yes. Okay. And that's what a lot of photographers do. So that's why I asked. But let's say, okay, I want to go ahead with this $3,500 package. Then what you're saying is we don't book that in right now. We book in a a strategy call first, discuss everything, plan it all out, and then schedule the shoot. Well, what will usually happen is towards the end of that call. So basically what I'm doing with those questions is to create a shot sheet. Right. And with that shot sheet, I'll break it down into the bare bones, you know, photos with them on technology, headshots, that, 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 down the line, right? And then what that'll do is 
key me into thinking about, all right, where the hell are we going to shoot this? So then that's when I'll ask them, you know, do you work at home? Do you work at a co-working space? Are you all over the place? What does it look like? And then from there, as I'm getting those answers, that's when I can start writing down ideas because if they're local in New York City, I'll either know whether or not I'm going to their place or we're going to their co-working place or we're going to one of their friend's offices or we're going to rent an office space in New York, whatever the case may be. If they are abroad or if they're in another part of the country, that's when I really need to ask them where we're going to shoot because I don't know their towns or their neighborhoods where they live. So it is fleshed out throughout the pre-session strategy call where we shoot and when we shoot. Okay. So then on the shoot day, most things, you've got your run sheet, you've got your shot list, and I'm guessing the client has a pretty good idea of you know how this is going to all work in this four-hour session. Absolutely. They don't get off the phone with me with that pre-session call until I literally go over every line item in that shot sheet because they're doing homework because they need to put together the amount of outfits that will match the amount of lifestyle scenarios and headshot and branded portrait to the camera shots that we're going to capture for them. They're also going to figure out what are the books that they're going to bring that I'm going to shoot them reading. They're also going to figure out the different props that they're going to bring that will be either as an aside within the environment of one of the lifestyle shots, or I'm going to shoot those elements directly, but they're doing their homework as we go. And they know exactly what we're going to be shooting there is no guesswork okay got it got it with that middle package that you're saying they get up to 120 images and you're saying that's four months worth of content how do you sort of get those two numbers to match up why is 120 images four months worth of content well i put that there as a basic type of thermometer to let them see exactly what they're getting. The reality is, is those images last a hell of a lot longer than that, because what that takes into account is 30 days of one post every day using a photo and nothing else. And obviously, you know, my clients, they're doing video, they're posting selfies, they're doing all different kinds. They're on podcasts. They're doing different things mm-hmm. so that those images are not the one and only piece of visual content that they leverage. I just say four months. You know what? That's actually a very good point. What I should put there is at least four months and at least eight months. And at least, you know, yes. I should put that because that's actually more accurate. Right. Okay. And so are you collating or curating the images that you supply them so they're suitable for Facebook, for Instagram? Are you capturing some video for their stories or do you just supply them straight up high res images and they have to do with them whatever they want to do? I'm so burned out from video. Andrew, the photo doing live video makes me want to throw up. So no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no and video. by the way, I get so many inquiries for video because people know my background. Right. And I'm like, no, thank you for now. <laughs> At some point, I might revisit that when I can hire a trusty producer editor that I can work with. And then I can just work on the concepts and then have someone do all the legwork. But for now, no video. But In terms of the images themselves, what I do after the session is sit down with them with my laptop and we go through every single image and we talk about how they can use the image, whether or not the image sucks and they want to get rid of it, if it's unflattering or it's too in line with two shots that preceded it. 
The point being is that the strategy doesn't end when the camera goes in the bag. Right. Okay, so when does this happen, John? Does this happen immediately after the shoot or when you get back? Yes. Right. For the mo- okay, so in some cases, in some cases, it'll happen the day after and we'll do a Skype call or whatever. I'll share the screen and I'll look at it. But honestly, I know it sounds like a lot, but the fact of the matter is, is that usually, especially if it went really well and they're really excited, they might be tired from doing all the work with me but they're jazzed up because they want to see the pictures. It's kind of like when I was a kid, my grandmother, my Italian grandmother on Christmas morning would literally sit in front of me as I unwrap the gift she gave me. And then it's all about her expression on her face. That's kind of how I feel when I look at my clients looking at their photos. (laughs) No, No, I like that. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. How can the listener access or get signed up to your email list? Where's the best place to go to do that? They can go to my website, johndemotto.com, and a pop-up will come up. But if you don't want to wait 10 seconds for that to pop up, (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually in the process of changing my opt-in as we speak. So the URL... I think it's going to be johndomato.com forward slash personal dash branding. Okay, great. Well, I'll add a link to that before this goes live into the show notes. And also, I'm guessing the best place for the listener to see more of what you do is at johndomato.com. That's correct. And follow me on the socials, Damato Photo and Damato Productions. Yeah. I'll add links to all those in the show notes as well so the listener can easily find you. Just to finish off, John, let me ask you a hypothetical. Let's say you were going to move to Australia next week and you were going to start over with your business. You wanted to pursue what you're doing right now. What would you do to get started quickly? First thing I would do is find all of the professional speaking organizations in Australia and start to figure out who I know that knows those people and start conversation and intros. And then the second thing I would do is get really drunk off of the beer that you guys make because uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> and then wait for the phone to ring as that happens. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, just quickly, let's say you knew someone that knew a speaker. Do you ask for an email introduction? What do you ask for? How do you get that connection? Email introduction. It's one of these things where even though social is so ubiquitous and we could talk to anybody That's not the way that people don't want to just, you know, you don't just walk into someone's house not having met them. And to me, picking up the phone and just cold calling is kind of like that. So what I like to do is start lukewarm. I don't even direct message people I don't really know either, unless if it's a friend connection on LinkedIn or something of that nature. But essentially what I do is get permission from the person who is making the introduction to let me know where I can start. If it's email If it's usually it's email, I'll get the phone number. We set up a time to call and that's when we call. I don't just like bum rush them with a phone call immediately. Got it. Got it. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. John, you've been super generous, mate. Thank you so much for sharing what you have. I can't wait to get this out and share it with listeners, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. I hope you enjoyed that interview with John D'Amato as much as I did. John, if you're listening again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, being so open and sharing what you did. Uh, You really are an inspiration. You've shown me and us 
that building a business around brand photography, personal branding can be done. And I know the listeners will have taken a ton away from what you had to share. For you, the listener, I hope that's true. I hope you did learn a lot from what John had to share. If you'd like to learn more from John, you want to check out his work. If you want to check out any of the things that he mentioned in the interview, I've got links to all that in the show notes over at photobizx.com forward slash three four six. At the bottom of those show notes, there's a comments area. So if you have a follow-up question for John, if there's something you wish that I asked that I didn't, by all means, hit him up there in the comments area. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding John into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to him there. It's shout out time. I've got three big shout outs for today's episode. And just so you're aware, when I give a photographer a shout out, it's because they've left a review in iTunes or Facebook or Stitcher Radio or wherever they listen to their podcast. Not only do they get a shout out, on the podcast episode, which may or not, which may or may not be uh, exciting for them, I also add a link to their website using the URL that they want me to use, and also the keyword phrase they would like me to use as anchor text to link to their website. So it helps with their SEO, and it's super targeted from a highly respected, relevant, and well-ranking website like photobizx.com is. So if you want to get a backlink to your website or more than one backlink, simply leave a review for the PhotoBizX podcast in iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let me know that you've left that review. Include the URL that you'd like me to link to and the keyword phrase you'd like me to use as anchor text and I'll get all that done for you. So on to today's shout outs. I've got three of them, like I mentioned. The first one goes to Seshu. Badranath from the United States, and he says, Andrew's podcast is a must-listen for me. Every week, as I'm editing photographs, I'll usually visit his site, sign into the premium section, and settle in for a good 40 minutes or so, which tells me <laughs> that Seshu is fast-forwarding through the intro and outro, or he's listening on uh, two times speed to get through the episodes in 40 minutes or so. He says, for the last three years, or slightly more, He's been inspired by the guests on the show and he loves the conversation style of the interviews where most other podcasts feel forced, stodgy or even scripted. He goes on to say some other nice things about me and the podcast, which is just lovely. So thank you, Seshu. Awesome to have you listening and part of the membership for so many years, mate. It's, uh, yeah, it's great to know you're out there and listening. The second big shout out goes to Tampa headshot photographer James Connell from the United States. And he says, the content that comes with a premium membership is definitely worth the tax write-off. I mean, investment. <laughs> he says that he's super guilty of not applying everything he's learned from the podcast because there are just so many actionable techniques and ideas that will help increase the profitability of your business. He goes on to say thanks, and he'll be listening for many years to come. And to give the membership a try, you will not be disappointed. The third and final shout-out goes to Name Olwan from the United Kingdom, the UK. And I love, I love Name's review here. He says, being self-employed is tough, very tough. The start of 2017, I was scared I'd never make my photography business sustainable and was so, so close to giving up. I was an artist without any knowledge of how to run a business. After listening to one free PhotoBizX 
interview, I immediately signed up as a premium member. Thank God for Andrew and all of his wonderful guests. You were and still are my light at the end of a very long and lonely tunnel. Thank you. That's awesome name. It's Mate, it's great to be accompanying you on your journey. I know it might feel like a, a long, dark tunnel with a light at the end, but I can promise you, you are not alone. We are here with you. We all want you to be successful, myself and the other premium members, and it can feel lonely. So I'll encourage you, and I know you already do, I'll encourage you to get inside the members Facebook group. If you're ever feeling like you're lost, you don't know where you are, if you need a, a dose of inspiration, if you need to double check something that you're doing, if it's if it's right or wrong in regards to your marketing or advertising or, or just your business in general, make use of the group. Use me. I'm here and happy to help anytime you feel stuck or alone. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. A massive thanks to John D'Amato for coming on and sharing everything he did. Big thanks to the three reviewers of the podcast for this week, Name, Seshu, and James. Make sure you go and check out the Ignite video course if that's something that interests you, photobizx.com forward slash Ignite. Other than that, have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest 